Blog Talk Radio. Stay tuned. Deliverance is next. Parental discretion is advised. Live worldwide. Deliverance with your host, Jay Bartlett. For the next half hour, Jay will be exploring the unknown, the strange, the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience deliverance. subject anywhere in the world. Very little. But as we continue to minister to people who have dissociation, it is important that we understand, that we better understand all the elements of dissociation. Believers universally are discovering when assisting individuals with dissociation that in some severe cases there is ancestral or generational dissociation. This is something we have come across. Essentially, it is the reality of the soul fragmenting in an ancestor and the broken part being transmitted spiritually in a generational manner. And you're probably thinking, wow, this is getting deep, Jay. This is getting a little over our heads. That's why I'm doing this presentation, because I want to discuss this very deep subject to expose you, to enlighten you, to bring some light to this very subject of ancestral dissociation. So tonight we're going to discuss... the various elements of generational dissociation, how it relates to the whole area of dissociation. We're going to do that right here, right now, on tonight's edition of Deliverance. I'm Jay Bartlett, and I'll be here for the next half hour exploring the unknown, the strange, and the supernatural. Ready or not, you're about to experience Deliverance. up this is michael tate with another story of a jesus freak from the voice of the martyrs in some countries authorities attack and arrest christians in the cover of night not so in somalia on january 5 asha Mberwa, a young wife and mother fearing for the safety of her family was on the phone making arrangements to flee the mogadishu area al-shabaab extremists were monitoring that call and decided to make an example of asha the next day she was arrested The day after that, Muslim extremists took Asha into the street, waited for a crowd of witnesses to gather, and tragically cut her throat. 
For the latest on Somalia from the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. What's up? This is Michael Tate with a thank you to a small church in a faraway place as they demonstrate what it means to be a Jesus freak. It's 1991, Canal, Peru. Terrorists burned down their church and 17 houses, all belonging to Christians. Their pastor is murdered, yet the very next night, 30 of these believers gather fearlessly in the muddy street to sing praise songs, worship the one true God, and even pray for their persecutors. They live by the words of Paul in Philippians 127. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.com. can be transmitted to future generations, so we should not be surprised, my friends, that broken parts of the mind can be transmitted as well. Now, sometimes they are transmitted by demonic powers in order to enslave the family. Sometimes they simply follow the family, passed along like an inherited trait. A dear friend of ours, Rose, carried a part of a very ancient ancestor. This part appeared to Rose in dreams, always running through ancient Celtic woods, escaping those who wished to sacrifice her to a pagan god. In time, Rose came to believe that her ancient family had been set apart for this very purpose. Now, to Rose's surprise, when she told her mother of the reoccurring dream, And her conclusions, her mother, a very educated woman, was not at all surprised by the idea, but thought it was quite possible. The mother thought explained a lot of the self-destructive behavior of her relatives and ancestors. Families, my friends, who have suffered abuse often continue to act out of that suffering generations after the abuse has ended. And Rose continued into her middle age with this odd companion who visited her, her dreams until she submitted herself to deliverance. And at that time, the ancient generational part spoke and said that she had indeed been living in the souls, the non-material aspect of the mind, of Rose's ancestors since time before time. And that her family had, for as long as she knew, been bred for sacrifice. Now, she meant no harm by her presence in the soul life of her descendants and did not know how she had gotten where she was or how she had moved from generation to generation. She did not 
She did not even know what had happened to her body or if, if she had been sacrificed. She said she was happiest in the souls of her descendants that had become, some of them had even become nuns. In fact, she kept herself in the cell of a medieval cloister and wore a habit. She sat continually, continually before a large crucifix. She had actually created a home that moved with her from soul to soul. She was frightened by the suggestion that she might that she must leave the soul in which she resided and yet longed to go to the Jesus whom she worshipped on the cross in her tiny cell. She was asked by the deliverance minister if she would leave this hidden life and go to Jesus. She shyly asked if she could keep her nun's habit and if she could go forever to a cloister. The minister suggested that Jesus might like that very much. And once her fears were calmed, the ancestral part left quietly, and it seemed to all with a much gratitude. At last, she was going to her Jesus. Now, my friends, not all these stories about ancestral parts are so pleasant. It is not unusual for their long residence and the souls of their descendants to cause suffering and pain for their children's children. Often they become entangled with demons over the long centuries of their separation from their worldly bodies. But they can and must be separated from the demonic and where that has occurred, they must be healed and return to the Lord. The scripture says in Numbers 14, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sins of the father to the third and fourth generations. Until these lost parts are healed and sent to Jesus, they can continue the torment of a family generation after generation and block the forgiveness of the, within the soul nature of the Lord. And like I said, my friends, just as traits can be transmitted through the hereditary material called genes, pieces of an ancestor's broken soul, the mind and the emotion specific. I'm not referring to the spirit nature of a man. The spirit nature upon somebody's death, the spirit nature of a man goes either to heaven or to hell goes into the presence of Jesus Christ if they've been justified by faith and faith alone in Christ, or they spend eternity in hell if there's been a rejection of the call of God to salvation. I'm speaking of the mind, the emotions, the soul nature. And various parts of the soul nature can be transmitted through the family line. You may be surprised to hear this, but it's true. I've come across a number of cases through the years, with those and with ancestral parts all over the world. In order to better grasp the spirituality, I think we need to look at the doctrine of man. Because many of you are probably wondering, how can a, an aspect of the soul nature be transmitted from generation to generation? How is that possible, Jay? Well, I want to take a look at the doctrine of man. 
in relation to the issue of ancestral dissociation. And we're going to do that tonight. And my friends, I'll be right back after this brief intermission. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with a thought from the Voice of the Martyrs. Did you ever wonder why Jesus still had scars from the crucifixion even after his glorified body was resurrected? Maybe it's because there's something beautiful about scars when they point others to God. The Apostle Thomas said, When I see his hands and put my fingers into the nail holes, when I put my hand into the hole in his side made by that Roman spear, then I'll believe he is risen. Eight days later, doubting Thomas saw, touched, and believed. In the same way, the scars of today's persecuted believers remind us of Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. For more good news, go online to persecution.com.
Thank you to a small church in a faraway place as they demonstrate what it means to be a Jesus freak. It's 1991, Canal, Peru. Terrorists burned down their church and 17 houses, all belonging to Christians. Their pastor is murdered. Yet the very next night, 30 of these believers gather fearlessly in the muddy streets to sing praise songs, worship the one true God, and even pray for their persecutors. They live by the words of Paul in Philippians 1.27. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Are you a Jesus freak? Go online to persecution.com. travel schedule here this this uh, past uh, few months, I normally uh, do not go to the phone lines, to the switchboard. And I, tonight I have a whole list of people calling in, and a lot of hurting people, a lot of hurting people. We need to continue to pray. Uh, pray for these these precious people that are wanting and needing ministry. And this has been a... a um, concern of mine for some time specifically in the past four or five years there seems to be an overwhelming uh, need unlike in previous years decades, generations of uh, I mean there's always been a need for deliverance and healing obviously there's always been demonized and it's sick people but there's just more of it in our day and age and uh, the needs are just incredible. Just as I go down the phone line, people literally from around the country needing help. And there's there's some other phone calls here I haven't, I haven't even been able to get to. But we need to pray. We need to we need to intercede for these precious people that are needing help. And there some people are just wanting information on this very topic. It's and I had a feeling when I haven't specifically dealt with this issue on this broadcast and there's a few reasons why but 
it tends to be a very controversial one and, and one that's misunderstood and and um and the fact is the church has not dealt with the issue at large generally speaking i mean there are exceptions but at large the church has not dealt with the issue of inner healing properly and have not even dug even deeper into the whole area of dissociation and it, let's let's see let's, let's even go a little bit deeper than that ancestral dissociation or um generational dissociation or even human interjects the reality of human interjects in relation to the demonic and dissociation I mean, these are very real supernatural realities elements that need to be addressed but there's such few churches there's few believers there's few books there's few uh videos dvds uh broadcasts that deal with this this very topic that's why i feel I, I must address it, and and I'm thankful for this opportunity, and I'm hoping this broadcast will be a blessing to each and every one of you. Now, allow me to preface by saying that the doctrine of man, because I want, I think we all need to understand the doctrine of man to properly understand ancestral dissociation. The doctrine of man, which the historic church councils and the church fathers taught, did not cover or grapple with the issues of dissociation as as they were without the knowledge of dissociation, as as it appears. I mean, perhaps one of the church fathers understood and, and, and just didn't write about it. I don't know. I don't know for a fact they did understand. It appears they didn't because there was no, there's nothing written about the, the breaking of, of one's heart and the issues uh, relating to that subject and how the doctrine of man interconnects with that very subject of the broken heart. Uh it's interesting, though the ability and the capability to dissociate has been around since Adam, the body of Christ, my friends, did not understand the nature of this occurrence before the last century. Yet their teachings, the church fathers, the church councils, will give us a vantage point from which to discuss the nature of dissociation. Now, we need to understand the composition of humanity to really understand deeply Dissociation. Believers worldwide agree on some very basic essentials. I think all of us who are listening who are believers would agree on these essentials in regards, again, to the nature of man, the composition of man. Number one, man is created by God. I think we all agree that God created man. Man is a sinner in need of a Savior. Number two, that's number two. Number three, man is made up of the material and the immaterial. Now, there has been debate about what is within the immaterial aspect of man. I think we all agree that man is made up of body. But there are some debate about the immaterial aspect of man. Is he just simply a soul or is he a soul and spirit? And then number four, I think we all agree that man will experience a resurrection. Again, there are some nuances, concepts that believers differ on. One point, however, is essential in our understanding of dissociation, and this point is that humanity's nature is made up of three aspects, body, soul, and spirit, body, soul, and spirit. You will not be able to grasp this reality, and this is a reality, my friends, there's no denying that. There are believers around this world who have experienced the phenomena of ancestral dissociation 
of generational dissociation. So this is occurring. There cannot be a, a denial on that. Now, that's just a fact. That's a reality. And to understand this reality, since this is occurring, you need to understand that man is made up of three aspects, body, soul, spirit. Scripture, I believe, supports this understanding of the nature of humanity. Now, I understand. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I understand there's great uh, a, a great debate, a, a great dif- difference on this subject, on the uh, composition of humanity. But I think Scripture supports that there is a body, soul, and spirit. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says, the Apostle Paul says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. He makes a distinction. Spirit, soul, body. Be preserved, blameless, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. In Hebrews 4. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Man, my friends, has a spirit-soul body. So since we settled that issue from Scripture, That being understood, we can now explore the fragmentation of the soul and the experience of dissociation. The soul is the non-material aspect of the mind, as opposed to the brain, which is material. The soul, one of the three natures, can fragment and as such can be transmitted generationally. Now, obviously, I think we all in agreement, the body cannot be broken into parts. (laughs) and still survive. I mean, I think we're all in agreement. That cannot happen. But the spirit is spiritual. And I think you see that clearly in John chapter 3, 1 Corinthians 5, and is indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. And as such, it cannot be broken into parts any more than the Holy Spirit can be broken into into little parts. Now, if, if one is justified, saved, it enters a whole entire different realm of the Holy Spirit heaven. In either case, the spirit will enter eternity whole upon the death of the body. However, the soul, the soul nature, the mind, the emotions, the the non-material aspect of the mind is vulnerable. Is vulnerable. It can be broken. And parts of it can continue and survive in the souls of future generations. Demons can take advantage of this brokenness and continue from generation to generation with the broken part. The fact that Rose's generational part did not become associated with demons is certainly due to the devotion to the part, to the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, Satan can do all things to the body and parts of the soul even after death. Jude tells us that even the body of Moses was subject of dispute. Michael, the archangel, and the devil disputed over the body of this great prophet. Now, broken parts of the soul can be disputed if a spiritual right has been given to a part of the soul. Demons can assist with the transmission of parts to future generations. I mean, they relish such an opportunity as it continues their hold upon a family. And in this way, many have gone to perdition 
that as we saw with Rose, that is not the only way the parts can continue in the souls of their descendants. Much of this is still a mystery. It's mystical. It's supernatural. It's a mystery, just like the triune nature of God, the incarnation. But it's clear that parts can move along the spiritual line of their family, much as a gene is passed on from body to body. This is something the body of Christ is only coming to understand since the middle of the last century. There's so much, my friends, to this subject, and I'm hoping as we continue these series of broadcasts on the subject of dissociation, I can explore a little bit more. Perhaps you're listening in and you need to experience the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. First and foremost, you need to begin there. Call upon the resurrected Lord, the one who shed blood, who went through a crucifixion so you could be saved. Just say, Lord Jesus, cleanse me, forgive me, make me whole, make me new. I worship you, Jesus. I bless you, my friends, and I bless you in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 